Welcome back to See, Hear, Feel. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Dr. Vin Chung. Dr. Vin Chung is a dermatologist and Mohs surgeon who specializes in the diagnosis and treatment of skin cancer. He obtained a BA in biology at Harvard University and earned his medical degree from Harvard Medical School. He was a Fulbright scholar and also earned a Master's of Theology from the University of Edinburgh. He received the Theodore Tromovich Award from the American College of Mohs Surgery as well as the Young Investigators Award from the American Society for Dermatologic Surgery. He has written a memoir titled, Where the Wind Leads, and has a recent article in Practical Dermatology on Moral Injury and Burnout. He lives in Colorado Springs with his wife and four children, and I will put a link in the show notes to his Practical Dermatology article, as well as a link to his memoir. Welcome to Vin. Thank you, Christine. I had actually heard about your memoir from my mother-in-law, who has read your book, and then I read this Practical Dermatology article. Can you start with just telling me and listeners a short story about yourself? Sure. In April of 1975, when Saigon fell to the North Vietnamese after the U.S. pulled out, it was complete chaos, similar to how it was in Afghanistan. Recently, when Saigon fell, my mother was actually pregnant with me. That was the beginning of my life. And I was born into a war-torn country from South Vietnam. We were the defeated ones. We were also ethnic Chinese, and my family had a business. We were relatively wealthy. And so we were punished as uh, South Vietnamese uh, people who were uh, ethnic Chinese and wealthy business people. So my family lost everything. I was born into that environment. My parents had to make a really difficult decision because they had eight children in Vietnam and we had been kicked out of our house, everything taken away, all of our possessions. And my parents knew that if we were to stay, well, there's no real future for us. We would never have legal rights to go to school, hold a job, hold any property. And whatever we earn could and will be taken away from us. And that was when they decided that Yes, living under oppression is not enough. And so they decided to pack their eight children into a boat. And that's how we left as refugees. And that's how I ended up in Fort Smith, Arkansas. The estimate is that roughly 50% of all boat people died at sea. You never know how many people actually died because you don't keep records of it, but it's very dangerous. It was literally a life or death decision. We were at the brink of death, but we were rescued by World Vision, which is a Christian humanitarian organization. We were processed through a refugee camp. And due to the generosity of a local church in Fort Smith, Arkansas, my family was sponsored. That's how I grew up and became an American. And so this story, it points to the essence of who we are as human beings, that it is not enough to just wake up and eat and drink and consume oxygen and leave a carbon footprint. In order for us to be truly human, we must live with freedoms. We must live with a sense of self-determination. We must live with a dream that we could build something for our family and for our children. We have ideals to pursue. There's beauty to pursue. There's justice. There's truth. That's what makes us human. How was it that you decided to go to Theologic Seminary? Good question. At the core of who we are is to be able to live out our values and to pursue that which we believe is beautiful and right and just, to 
be able to create that for our children. I've always recognized that part of who we are as human beings, and I just decided to take a year before medical school to study it. Doctors are very good at understanding who we are physiologically. We study biology, chemistry, organic chemistry, physics. We understand all the particles and the molecules that make up our cells and make up our organs in our body. But that is a very narrow understanding of who we are as human beings. To understand who we are as human beings, we need to learn psychology. We need to learn sociology, anthropology. We need to learn history, which is basically an account of how humans have treated each other over the course of mankind. And we treat each other pretty poorly, universally. No one's exempt from that. Politics, oh my goodness, that's at the worst of humanity. We learn what happens when people have power and abuse power. And then at the higher level, which is, uh, I would say, our spiritual needs, or some people might call it self-actualization, or some people might call it idealism. It goes back to my personal story about why is it that my parents did not want to stay in Vietnam and live under oppression. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I didn't realize the timeline. You did that before medical school. I did it before medical school. Yeah. With the intent of becoming a doctor. In the article I read, I appreciated how you point to how the system drives us to have moral injury this concept called moral injury. It's really to describe anytime we are forced to participate in something or witness it or fail to prevent something that contradicts our deeply held moral beliefs. It's a betrayal, an assault at the core of who we are. I think that in our, in our minds, we have an idea of the patient-doctor relationship. And that's why we swore the Hippocratic Oath, to do everything that we can in the self-interest of our patients. But a lot of times, organizations do not have that same alignment with what we believe is right. And sometimes we could be coerced to do things that we believe is wrong, or we are prevented from doing what we believe is right. So that's more injury. And I think that's the source of burnout. The source of the burnout is not that we're working too hard as doctors, is that we're prevented from practicing medicine in a way that we believe is right. And so I could work long days every single day as long as I believe in what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for and why I'm doing what I'm doing. People talk about burnout in many ways. And, and I've been doing research and I look around at different talks on burnouts and it's always non-physicians talking about us, about what we must do. And they use the word resilience. And to me, that's deeply offensive because I don't believe there's an issue of resilience at all. When we think about moral injuries, if anything, it points to our humanity. It points to the fact that we believe that there's right and wrong. And the reason we chose medicine is because we believe it's the right thing to do. That we're driven by compassion. We make self-sacrificial decisions. And the reason that we experience moral injury, which leads to burnout, is because we have been prevented from doing that. And so if anything, it points to our humanity. And so it makes me wonder, too, in medicine, at the crux of medicine are human-to-human connections. They're driven by compassion with the sole purpose of delivering health and restoration and, and wellness. And I think that in medicine, we've come a long ways now to recognize what happens when we remove the humanity of our patients, right? We know that we need to start treating our patients not as 
objects, not as their pathology, but we need to take into account their humanity. Who are they? What are their wishes? And then that should determine what we should do, not just whether we can do it or not. We're not just a cog in a gigantic, uncaring system, even though we may be treated that way. We're human beings. We suffer burnout because we're humans. How can we redesign the system in a way that acknowledges our humanity? Thank you. Yeah, I like that. I like it that you define burnout as a system problem. I think the WHO does as well. One of the problems I have is I feel like I'm just one tiny person in this large system. A recurring question that I grapple with in my own head is, what can I do? What can physicians do? What can patients do to combat that kind of moral injury and burnout and create better care? A lot of physicians may feel a sense of helplessness, that I totally get that. But I want everyone to know that we have more power than we think. And it's because without doctors, there is no medicine, period. Period. We need to start there. Big decisions that must be made must take into account practicing physicians. And we have more power than we think. A very simple example. We can start by doing our homework when we find a job. We need to stop looking at what is detailed in our contract, which is what you do and what you get paid for and how much PTO you get in vacations and what EHR system we need to look beyond that and start to look, ask the question, who is leading this organization? Because the question forces us to start considering the values of the organization. And so look at the culture. What is the culture of this organization? Talk to the nursing staff. Talk to the assistants. Why does this organization exist? Why does it really exist? There's nothing wrong with having a for-profit organization. I run a for-profit medical practice. So there's nothing wrong with that. The problem comes whenever you put profit above everything else, even at the price of doing what is right. I think that's where we don't compromise. I think that very few organizations intended to do harm. Find an organization where the culture and the mission are truly aligned with who you are. And so that's what I've done. That's what I try to do here at Vanguard Skin Specialists. I'm fortunate to be the boss here. And, and I started out here as a solo practitioner with a few staff members, which is take very seriously our culture and our mission. And we've grown organically. And today we have about 120 staff members. And we now have such a clear and compelling culture that people come seek us out because of our culture. Find your tribe or build your own tribe. That's what it is. Do not show up to a random tribe that is antagonistic to your sense of uh, the sense of who you are. Let's say you're in the right tribe. Then you need to lead others. It all comes down to leadership. I love that. The vast majority of the examples of leadership that we see are those that are led by power and authority. Horrible way to lead. You're bigger, so you tell me what to do. I'm your boss, so you, I tell you to do. If you don't, I fire you. If you do a good job, I might give you a pay raise. That, to me, is the most natural way to lead. Natural does not mean good. It's very natural and it's universal. In the history of mankind, we lead for, by authority or power. Leading through trust is a whole lot more effective. The only currency that we have in medicine 
And we know this with our patients is trust. When I first started out, I led only by authority because that's all that I knew. And it was tiring. I was so demoralized until later on I realized, wait, why would these people want to do what I asked them to do? And I learned that the best leaders do it without using authority. The best leaders are able to get people to do things collaboratively, even if they weren't getting paid. That's what trust is. The highest level of leadership is inspirational. We have an obligation to be inspirational, especially in the field of medicine. There is an ideal of what must be done, what ought to be done. There is a gap between the reality that we see in this world and what ought to be, what could be. And this is why people followed Martin Luther King. I really appreciate speaking with Dr. Vin Chung today, learning about his story, how his parents really did not want to live under oppression and wanted to have the space to live the way that they wanted to and not have to suffer moral injury. Dr. Chung has talked about moral injury and how he believes that leads to physician burnout. And also related to that, how leadership that is really dependent just on power and authority rather than trust and an inspirational relationship is also potentially going to cause moral injury and burnout to those who are following that leader. I'll be happy to continue this conversation. Tune in next week for a part two. Thank you.